BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited for today's episode with Demona. She is awesome and just great energy. So I feel like after you're you're done listening, you're going to be energized and, you know, recharged, which is always a good feeling. And before that, I just wanted to get into some of your questions that you had submitted. Uh, The first one is... Someone wrote, I've had friends with this issue and questioning whether guys aren't asking them out because of COVID versus not interested or getting enough attention via text. I feel like this boils down to like, you know, the standard answer that I have to this, which is that, you know, if they're interested, they will text. I don't think even a pandemic will really, you know, hold them back. I think that there are ways to go out now safely and socially distance and sit at a restaurant outside and, you know, get a drink at an outdoor bar. So I would say, or, you know, even go on a walk. So if they're not reaching out, they're not interested in that. Someone asked, do you have any resources that talk about the strain of one partner being unemployed? Currently living with my partner and have been laid off and recently struggling with my own mental health and find that I'm getting so overly anxious and stressed about my partner and our relationship now because I don't have much going on in my day and it's definitely taking a toll on our relationship. I really struggled with this. You know, whenever I wasn't working, I would fixate and I would brew and I would stew and I would kind of sit and I would say, what seems off to me in my life? Like, what can I obsess over. So if I were single, it would be like my friendships. And if I were in a relationship, it would be that relationship. And it's so hard not to do. And you should never beat yourself up for doing that because it's only natural when we don't have something to focus on. We focus kind of like internally and externally. And so first of all, this is super normal. But second of all, you know, when you're living with a significant other, it can be really tough if one of you you know, doesn't have a lot going on. And it's definitely tough on your mental health. So first and foremost, I would say, if you can afford a therapist, definitely look into that because, you know, therapy is so important and it's so helpful. And a real professional usually has really good advice when it comes to this kind of situation. And then secondly, I would say, if there's any way that you could focus on doing something you know, maybe you're not able to get a job right now. And and I'm sure you're trying and, and applying, you know, but if you could focus on something else, like, for example, starting like a passion project or deciding that you, 
you know, want to go on a run every day and see if you can like beat your score the next days or if you want to maybe like redecorate or I'm trying to think something that doesn't cost money, maybe just like start cooking more, figure out certain, you know, passions that you have or talents that you can exercise that don't have to do with working and and doing a job necessarily. It's so important to have just at least something to focus on. And I know that sounds easier than it actually is in practice, but even if it's just like, you know, watching a new show on Netflix and being so into that show that you're not focused on stirring things in your own personal life. Like, for example, I just started selling Sunset and it is so stupid and so good. And everyone is ridiculously attractive. And it's just like so fun to watch and be mindless and like just not think about anything else that's going on. So you can get lost in a show like that. You can, you know, I don't know, plan some future trip that is not too expensive. There's so many things that you can do and work on. Um, And then when you find yourself kind of focused on your relationship again, just try to go back to focusing on something that doesn't stress you out and that does bring you joy. And, And maybe that means just being of service to other people. Maybe you can volunteer right now. There's tons of opportunities to give back and just to like be there for people to reach out to people you haven't spoken to in a while, maybe like an aunt who lives far away. I feel like there's always good ways to get out of yourself. Dating a divorcee, someone wanted to talk to me about this or me to talk about this. Hi, my my dog is here with us breathing very loudly into the mic. So you might hear him. Dating a divorcee, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I think I think on the first date, it's something that should come up because I think that you want to be with someone as a divorcee, you know, who doesn't have an issue with that and who knows, you know, what you have going on and is not like scared to to pursue the, a relationship with you because there's nothing wrong with being a divorcee. Like it didn't work out. And, you know, now I would say dating a divorcee is actually great because they're not, they're not going to want to mess up again. And so as long as there's communication and honesty and openness, there's no problem dating a divorcee. Can you possibly talk about how young is too young to get married versus how you feel? I know it's so situational, but is there a general rule for this? For me, I feel like I've changed every year in my 20s so, so, so much. Like I'll look back and I'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe I was like that even a year ago. And so for that, for me personally, I'm so grateful that, you know, I I won't probably be married until after I'm 30 because I feel like I'm just now like officially who I am. Um, And that doesn't mean I'm not still learning and still growing every day, but I feel so much more like secure in kind of who I am as a person and what my morals are and like what my boundaries are and what I like to do at night and, you know, what makes me happy and what doesn't make me happy. And I feel like that was so different in every year of my 20s, whereas, you know, I'm about to turn 30 in September and I finally feel like very sturdy with with all those things and with who I am. So I think for me, 
30 is like 30 and older is a, is a time to get married. But for so many of my, my best friends and dear friends and, you know, people that I know, it was, it was earlier than that. And I think it's worked for them. They just grow with their partner. And that's also a really beautiful thing. I would say like, I probably wouldn't have gotten, like if I had the opportunity to, I probably would not have gotten married before I was 26 um, or like, you know, 24. But that's because I was just a mess at those, like, you know, in my early 20s. And I feel as if the person that I would have chosen to marry wouldn't be, you know, someone that I would be able to jive with long term because I've changed so much. Like, you know, I was just going out to dinner with my boyfriend last night and he was like, it's so great that, you know, like you don't drink because I like if I were with a partner that really liked to drink, I would drink more. And, you know, he's not a big drinker. And he was like, and that wouldn't make me feel good. And like, that would not be a good influence on me. But like, you are such a good influence on me. And I thought that was really sweet. And I said to him, you know, if you met me a couple of years ago, wouldn't you wouldn't be saying the same thing. There's this show called Unwell that a lot of people are talking about. Some There's an episode about drinking breast milk and there's an episode about fasting. And this is just like a tidbit I thought was really interesting. They talked about Jack Dorsey, who's the founder of Twitter. And he does this like fasting thing where he, you know, only eats seven meals a week and he doesn't eat on the weekends. And I thought it was so interesting because so many people, when they hear this about a man, they're like, oh, you know, he does this cool fasting thing. But if this was about a woman you know, everyone would say this person has an eating disorder. And so it's just so interesting how we look at men and women differently when it comes to like eating disorders, when it comes to depression. It's like, you know, it's not normal for a man to be depressed and go see a therapist or like not as accepted, but it's so so accepted for women. And, you know, we did this IGTV, um, this live with Emily Gellis, who is right now, you know, exposing... Tanya Zuckerbrot's F-factor diet for being very harmful. And, you know, all of these women are coming forward about it. And it's just, it's gotten me. And then I posted a video this week about how not to gain weight in a new relationship. And I got tons of slack for that. You know, I never said um, to lose weight. I never said to diet. I really just said to have more sex and, you know, go on walks and cook and like eat, like listen to your own body, not your partner's. But I got so like attacked for that. And I think people are so sensitive now more than ever when it comes to talking about, uh, you know, your health and talking about your your diet and talking about food and, and all that stuff. And it's such like a fine line because everyone has a different body and everyone struggles in their own way when it comes to feeling good and feeling confident. And I think there's no, there's no winning when you talk about that subject. And so what I've learned is to kind of just not talk about it at all. You know, I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. And so um, I think it's best that we avoid that. Even if we're trying to be body positive, it's not, it doesn't come off that way. So that's really interesting. And then um, talking to a partner about period sex, you want to have it, but you don't know what to say. I would say just, you know, be honest and be like, I get really horny on my period and I do want to have sex then. And if it grosses you out, let's put a towel down. Um, but it's something that I want to do or like, you know, I, I wish you'd be more open to it.
You guys know how obsessed I am with setting people up. You've heard me talk about it a million times. So I can't explain to you how excited I was to download Ship. If you haven't already heard of Ship, it's a dating app where you can actually set your friends up and you can be on the app whether you're single or not. Um, All you have to do is add your friends on the app and start a group chat with them. And then you suggest someone to them. So for example, like you put the two and two together. It's like actually matchmaking within the app, which is so cool. And I just can't tell you how obsessed with I am. I've been matching tons of single friends of mine. And one of them actually went on a date with the person and they have gone on now three dates because of ship. I'm telling you, download it and maybe we can get in the same group somehow and I can set you up there. Date someone your friends already like. Download ship. It's the app that lets you swipe with friends. That's S-H-I-P. Search for ship dating in the app store and you can start swiping today. I'm telling you, why would you want to have to go through the trouble of making sure your friends like someone after you date them. If you date someone your friends already like, that's like half the battle, you know? So S-H-I-P, you can search for ship dating in the app store and get swiping. Hi, I'm Shanae Alexander, host of Press Send, a podcast and more importantly, a safe and hilarious place for candid conversations about the scary, funny, heartbreaking but always intriguing questions that make us all human. Each week, me and a new best friend you haven't met yet field your questions across any and all topics and offer our take on the matter with plenty of humor, heart, and badassery along the way. We launch a new episode of Press Send every Wednesday. We'll see you there. What I've learned from each breakup, so many things. I mean, each breakup, you learn a lot about yourself, but I would say it's hard to like break it down, especially because I'm going over 10 minutes and I really want you to hear Demona. But I would say each breakup definitely taught me something. Like there's, it's always, you know, a lesson and not a mistake. And I'm so grateful for having gone through each breakup. I think I would say the last breakup taught me what is important for me in like a a life partner and like a partner that I would consider a father. Um, I would say the relationship before that taught me that, you know, I give people too much of the benefit of the doubt. I would say, you know, the relationship before that taught me how important it is to like focus on red flags and not try to salvage a relationship when you're the only one that, you know, is is trying to do that and and so on and so forth. But I'd say the biggest takeaway is to be with someone who you, you know, can see it being forever if that's what you're looking for and someone who you want to be like because you think that they're really admirable and and amazing. What to do about negative friends? Ah, it's so hard. You kind of just have to like avoid them and not let them take up your space and energy and just, you know, be the bigger person because if you're in a positive space and they're in a negative space, the best thing that you can do is just, you know, spread that positivity and hope that they get to a place where they are more positive. But don't feel like you need to deplete your energy by being with that person. Just, you know, spend less time with them. And um, if they if they bring it up, just say, listen, like, I love you, but I feel that you your energy has been negative recently. And, and like, if you want to talk about it, I'm, I'm 
be happy to, but it's been hard for me. And I think that's okay to say. I hope you really enjoyed this episode with Demona and I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am so excited to be here with dating coach and host of the Dates and Mates podcast, Demona Hoffman. Thank you. Thanks for being here virtually. (laughs) Um, It's so funny doing all these virtually. It's like, I feel like I should be like interviewing people from all around the world because I can, you know? I mean, like, I guess you're in LA, so that counts. we, we can be like we connected coast coast. virtually. I feel it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Demona, tell me a little bit about yourself. How old are you? Girl, you, are you, you know better than to ask my age. <laughs> I know. It's I'm older standard. than you are, but um, <laughs> younger than I sound. <laughs> and I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take I, it. So I'm from uh, Michigan originally. And mm-hmm. uh, I... I'm the product of a marriage between a black woman and a Jewish, white Jewish man. So I grew up kind of a unicorn in in Michigan, but probably almost anywhere. But um, then I moved to L.A. um, and Mm -hmm. ended up working as a casting director in television. And I was teaching classes for actors on how to market themselves and brand themselves and stand out to someone like me. And at the time I was online dating and single, <laughs> very single. And then I started to realize the correlation between what I would tell actors about how to stand out and what I needed to do to get noticed by the kind of men that I wanted to meet. And then I ended up meeting my husband mm-hmm. online. And so now I am married with two kids and I transitioned from working behind the scenes in television to being a dating coach and TV and radio and podcast host. Amazing. I have to ask, so where online did you meet? Because I feel like that's like so vague. I'm like, did you meet Lindsay, on Hinge? Did you Lindsay, meet on okay, Lindsay, we, we have to go back in time for this. <laughs> none of those things exist. Oh, Match.com? No, no, but none of those things. Match Tell didn't me. exist. But you've probably never even heard of the site we met up met on because apps weren't even a thing. <laughs> uh, iPhones weren't even a thing. It was called nerve.com. So I don't know if any of your listeners would be familiar with I've I never I've never heard of I it, know. but I'm everyone's so what, intrigued. So it doesn't exist anymore. I don't think so. I haven't heard of them recently. Uh-huh. Um, but it was sort of the okay cupid of its day. Like someone pitched it to me as it's where all the creative types, you know, the like writers and and musicians and people like you, Demona, creatives. And I was like, ooh, that sounds great. An unemployed writer. Ooh, I'd love to meet an unemployed great. writer. And <laughs> I did. <laughs> I love it. And at what point, and oh, and before we even get into this, I have to know, when is your birthday? Oh, I know, you're big into the signs. Um, November 27th. Uh-huh. I am a Sagittarius. You're a yeah, Sag. Sagittarius. And like, I'm like way fire all throughout my chart. <laughs> I love it. What, when is your husband's He's birthday? a Virgo, August 29th. Very cool. You guys are like Jay-Z and Beyonce. <laughs> I, I had a feeling you would know. <laughs> but but you're Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Yeah, that is so true. I am so Jay-Z. I'm yeah. so not Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but going uh, into like, how did you... So you got married, you met online... So cool. So normal. Today today. was so weird back Um, then. Well, what did you say back then? Like, like when people asked. Yeah, we lied about it for sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> you said you met through like well, a Well, we do friend. know of at least two parties that we were both at that we may have met at. We don't know. But he's really an introvert. He, right. he was an unemployed writer. That wasn't a joke <laughs> when I met. Now he's, a, he's an employed writer and doing very well. But back then, <laughs> he had potential, Lindsay. <laughs> he had potential. Mm-hmm. And we would just say we met through mutual friends. But he, he says even if we met at one of those parties, he doesn't think he would have approached me because he's just so shy. But through online dating, he could he could really express himself. And as a writer, he could express himself through words. And I mean, of course, it wasn't the words that made me fall for him, but it didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. What it was. Is, he's it so was his cute. He's so cute. You, no, I'll Aww. tell you. I'll tell you for real. What made me fall for him was his intelligence. I, you know, I had been Mm -hmm. dating a lot of (laughs) dumb, dumb LA types. And I met this guy and I was just like, wow, he is literally the smartest person I have ever met. And I am just curious to see how his brain works. And that's what I always tell Mm -hmm. my podcast listeners is that it's not all about like chemistry and butterflies and all that. It's really about curiosity. And I'm just like, I'm just curious to know more about him. And the longer I know Mm -hmm. him, it's been now 17 years. The longer I've known him, the more curious I become. And like the more that he reveals himself, it's really fascinating. And, And it goes a lot further than just, you know, falling for someone for looks or for chemistry. Don't lie to yourself. You're craving a fresh pizza right now or a burger from Ruby's if you're in the city. The only app that I use for food delivery is Caviar. They have the best of the best restaurants. Restaurants that wouldn't be on other you know, food delivery apps. They're always on Caviar. It's like the top most delicious restaurants ever. And like, don't get me wrong. Cooking's great. But after being in quarantine for this long, I'm sick of cooking. Like I cannot do it anymore. All I want to do is order one of my favorite foods on caviar. And because I love you guys, I am offering you $10 off your order of $20 or more. All you have to do is put in the offer code ACME at checkout. So get that burger you've been wanting, the chicken fingers, that pizza, you know you want to do it, mac and cheese. I mean, live it up, live your best life and get $10 off your purchase of $20 or more with our code ACME. You can download Caviar on the App Store or Google Play Store and... If you have it, if you don't have it, all you have to do is use our code ACME when you check out for $20 or more of a purchase. I'm telling you, literally, you can order any food that you want. It's the best app. I'm obsessed with it. And I think I just got myself hungry. So I'm going to go order right now. And you should too. And use ACME at checkout for $10 off. Also, on the subject of dating, um, you know, we have Demona, who's an amazing dating coach. And I just want to give you one tip because traditional dating is kind of out of the question right now. It's so important to have a reliable and affordable phone service in order to find, you know, new love interests and stay connected. 
So Net10 Wireless has you covered because they're offering more data and international calling on their cell phone plans. The $50 plan now comes with 30 gigabytes of high-speed data, as well as a free international calling credit of $20. So it's perfect for coordinating virtual dates here and, you know, if your lover is abroad. So check out my Instagram and there's more tips there. And also if you want to go to net10wireless.com, you will find out more about that as well. So at what point did you say to yourself, like, I could be a dating coach? And what was that journey like for you? Like, what what makes you stand out from other dating coaches? Give me I'll all give the you juice. all the juice. Um, yeah, those are like three different questions. First of all, it was a really gradual transition. So I, I actually started yeah. writing dating profiles like 15 years ago, but I was doing it on the side. I did it under a different moniker because I had this whole other career in television. And it was sort of just word of mouth. People would just be like, oh, you need help with your dating profile? Call Demona. So I didn't advertise or anything. And I never intended for this to be my job. But um, Mm -hmm. it was actually after I had my daughter and I went back to work and I just always expected to be, I was super type A. I was like, I'm going to be a vice president and I'm going to be running this place. <laughs> and then I'll have an unemployed writer at home to take care of my, my children. And I just never expected to be the person that I came back to my job and I was just like, I can't do it. Like, it just doesn't feel the same as when I left. And I felt like I was working twice as hard for a smaller and smaller piece of the pie. So I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Because I can't, I, I I cannot be a housewife. Like no shade to the ladies listening who are like, I just want to get, <laughs> I want to get the ring and chill out. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm with but you. I, it, I couldn't do it. And so I said, well, I have been doing this whole dating, dating coaching profile thing. So I initially just started with profile writing and doing that full time. And then I realized that people needed more help, (laughs) as you've seen. Like, I would get people on dates, and my profiles are banging. Like, people go from no dates in years to suddenly having two or three dates in a week. I mean, pre-COVID. Yeah. So I know that they work, but then they were getting on the dates and then doing the same thing that was keeping them single in the first place. So I realized that I needed to back up and really give people more support on mindset and on the dating process and help them all the way from from pre-date all the way to pre-marriage. Yeah. So I have to ask, and I know I asked you 17 questions at the same time, so I'll, I'll we have time. remind we have you of them of time. before so we don't lose our <laughs> so we don't lose our place. But you said people were then on the dates doing the same things that they, you know, were doing. Like what? Because I I know we have tons of single, you know, women in particular listeners. Like what are examples of those things? Because I feel like people don't know that they're know what they're doing wrong. And they'll say like, well, I just don't understand why I never get a second date. Um, And sometimes I've observed that maybe it's like they're not asking questions back. Maybe they're not like bringing good energy and good vibes and like laughing. But is there something specific or is it different for each person? It's different for each person, but there are definite patterns. And particularly, I'm sure the women that listen to your show and the women that listen to my show are kind of like I was. And I was very career focused, which is amazing. But at the same time, I wanted to have it all, but I wasn't willing to give anything up. 
And I mm. didn't want to, I think I didn't realize how much I was married to my job, even though I wanted to be married to a man instead. And I had to really mindfully create that space. And this is what I help clients do. Like I create a plan to meet your man. And I really look at dating as a learned skill that you can improve at. And I help people plan out what is the life that you want? Okay, now how are you going to get there? Take all those skills that make you really successful in your work and apply them to dating. And you know, a lot of people will say that's a really unromantic approach and that's fine. But I do all of that mm -hmm. to get you to the point where you can have the romance. So if you've done all the prep work, right. then you can just go there and be and you don't have to think about it like, oh, what question am I going to ask him next? Or how do I get him to write me back? Or how do I manipulate the situation into what I want it to be? It becomes effortless because you've already done the preparation. Interesting. So like, let's say I am like a boss bitch at my job. And like, I, I am the kind of person. Which that, you like, are. <laughs> <laughs> and I am too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, right. Yeah, totally. Um, but like, you know, let's say we're working for other people. Right. And um, we're in like some big corporate job, whatever. What is a skill, you know, as a boss in my job that can make me, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, what if I am, you know, so type A at my job, but I kind of want to be like with someone who makes me chill and more relaxed. Like, then how do you apply that same rule of like act how you are in your job? And I, I do hear that a lot as well. Like, oh, I work so hard and I put out so much effort that I just want to come home and just like have someone take care of me. And I think that's a nice idea, but it's sort of a rom-com fantasy that we've been sold since we were little girls and it doesn't really exist. You're the same person. And that's, so now I'm going to answer your previous question by way of answering this question. One thing that really separates me from a lot of other dating coaches is that I talk about authenticity. I don't believe that you need to step into your feminine power to suddenly become lovable and dateable. I think you are going to be you in any setting. And you can dial certain things up and dial them down, but there's no value for you in becoming someone else to get to get, to catch a man. There's no value in in that because eventually you're going to be more you and the real you is going to come out and if that person has fallen in love with a fantasy you, it's not going to work for the long term. Mm -hmm. And what I'm about is helping people form long-term partnerships. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are like hookup coaches and pickup artists, and that's great, but that's not my lane. I'm about like deep, meaningful partnership, whatever that looks like to you. And I have clients of all different, you know, backgrounds and attractions and sexual preferences and all that. So going back to what are, what are they, what are they doing? They're not putting the same focus on their dating life that they do on the other things. And there's a saying that where attention goes, energy flows, right? So if you are mm -hmm. thinking all day about your job and you are always the person that your boss calls Sunday night at 7 p.m. when he needs X, Y, Z thing done and he knows you're going to be available because you always are because you're trying to get that chair and that title, then 
you're always going to fill your time with that other thing. And then when you're out with that person, they're going to feel that your brain is on your job or that you're already thinking like, I'm wasting time. That's another thing I hear all the time, Lindsay. Like, I I just don't want to waste time. And that fear of wasting time pushes us into making a lot of the wrong decisions or trying to force a fit in a relationship as well. You guys already know by now how obsessed I am with Sakara. I talk about it all the time. And it just makes me feel good whenever I'm eating Sakara meals. And if you don't already know what it is, Sakara are organic, ready to eat meals that are made with powerful plant based ingredients and are designed to boost your energy, improve digestion, and get your skin glowing. It is not a diet, it is a really healthy, nourishing, kind of, you know, lifestyle with these healthy meals that also taste good. They've got breakfast, lunches, and dinners. They change weekly and you can switch them out if you want different things, which is amazing. And they also have a metabolism super powder, which you can, you know, drop into your smoothies or your yogurt bowls. And it's an all natural remedy for bloating and fatigue. If you don't trust me, you can trust Gwyneth who literally raves about Saqqara all the time. And because I love you guys, I'm offering 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash Acme or enter code Acme at checkout. My favorite ever is the granola with like the blue vegan milk. It's aesthetically stunning and it tastes delicious. So all you have to do is go to Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash Acme, and you can get 20% off your first order. That's Sakara.com slash Acme. Check it out and let them know that we sent you by writing Acme at checkout. And you'll be getting 20% off your first order. So you don't want to miss this. You definitely want to try it and tag me if you do. I agree with everything you're saying. One thing that I I will argue with for argument's sake is, um, you know, you mentioned like when you're working with someone, like you want them to be their authentic self, you know, but when someone's working with a dating coach, let's say they are, I wouldn't say they're not their authentic self, but they're the person that the dating coach is coaching them to be in a way. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, let's like, for example, I have a friend who's dating a guy and like they're adorable, but she's not a good texter, you know? So I will text for her sometimes. Like she'll send me the conversation. I'll be like, this is what you need to say. Um, And like at first I was like, oh, like I feel kind of guilty because I'm like, like he's like, he doesn't know who he's dating. Like he's dating me basically, you know, but then like they hang out in person and like he, he likes her, you know, he likes her a lot. So I feel like it's less of an issue. And then also like she now knows how to text him in the way that like I would suggest to text him. So I don't feel bad about it. But, but where is the line between like someone being their authentic self and someone having like help from someone else who is making them kind of like a better version? Like, is it the same thing as therapy or is it like one step too no, far? What I know? do is not therapy at all. Um, and I, a lot of times I will be working with a client who's also working with a therapist and we will look at your past behavior patterns, but, um, but we're also not, we're not going to spend a lot of time on your 
on your daddy issues. <laughs> like I am all about, yeah. I am all about dating strategy. What are you doing? What is the result that you're getting? Okay. So if this is a pattern and you're continuing to do this, what do we need to, what do we need to adapt in your approach to get a different result. Now, I'm not changing the person. And sometimes, and a lot of times, mm -hmm. it's about shedding those layers of you thinking you need to do a certain thing and being comfortable right. just being yourself. But you really hit the nail on the head, actually, in what you said. Like, initially, you were doing the text messages for her, but then she began to observe, oh, this is what this is this is what I need to do. Right. And now I'm mm -hmm. I've learned the skill. And that's what I'm trying to get people to do. It's it's like I said earlier, right. dating is a learned skill. I'm just skill building. So it's just like, you know, um, I suck at tennis. <laughs> I've always sucked at tennis, in spite of my dad really trying. But like if I really wanted to get better at tennis, if I hired a tennis coach and I went out and practiced three days a week. I could probably get better at tennis. Now, I might not be a tennis pro right. ever, but I might be a little bit better than I am now. And I might be just good enough to enjoy like playing doubles with my friends. Right. So it's it's that analogy. You're still you. I'm still me playing tennis. I'm still at my, at my core, someone who used to be a terrible tennis player, but I put in the work and I put the focus in into building that skill. Same thing. It's just dating. It's just the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. That's all. That's no big deal. <laughs> I know, right? It's it's not a big deal. Um, Demona, tell me something. Do you have any rules that you can apply to like dating in general? Because like I have a few of these rules and like some people hate them. Some people, you know, like live by them. And it's just like, it's like, don't have more than two drinks on a first date. Um, I'm like, don't, you know, sleep with them on the first date if you want it to be something unless you knew each other previously. Um, and then I would say like, don't text them the next day. Thank you. If you already thanked them on the date, like, like one thank you is enough. Do you have any of these type of general rules or do you find that it's different with each client? Um, I like your rules. I, I think those are good rules. I hadn't thought about them. Don't text them again the next day. Um, but I usually say set a maximum drink. Like for me, I'm a little, mm. I'm a, I'm a little thing. I'm five feet tall. So girl, if I have, if I have two drinks, you know, things, things are going to go down. <laughs> I don't want to have. Happen. Yeah. So yeah. I realized for me, one drink was the max because that was the mm -hmm. point where I felt like I'm not making clear decisions anymore. So yeah, that's fair. It, it's like set what set a drink limit for sure. Also, um, I like to have my clients coming from somewhere and going to somewhere so that you always have an out if it's not working and you don't have to like it's fabricate perfect. like, oh, mm -hmm. I have an emergency yep. now. Um, and then that. it also makes you seem busy. <laughs> Even if you're not, you're, you seem busy. I'm a huge supporter <laughs> of that. Yeah. Other than that, it's it's really about developing your own dating strategy, but putting some time into thinking what works for me. And this is not something like just you sit and you stare at your vision board and like, what would work for my dating life? This is actually in practice. Well, what have I done that has gotten me a result I did not like? And then what would I need to do to adapt that to get the result? I want. And then we constantly iterate. Like when I'm working with someone one-on-one, -on -one, 
it's like, okay, that worked. Like I have a client right now who worked with me last fall. She, she did all the things. She met her man. They dated for seven great months and then it fell apart in COVID. Like what didn't fall apart in COVID? So she came back, she came back to the program and it's like, we did all of this work before, but the whole landscape has changed. She has changed. She has had another relationship that she could learn from. So Mm -hmm. we have to go back to the drawing board and she has the learnings that she has, she developed in the fall, but the plan has to adapt. We have to change it. Right. You mentioned before that you are half black, half Jewish. And so I'm full Jewish. And obviously like, you know, the world is, it's an extremely racially charged time in our world. And, you know, post George Floyd and everything that went down. And then in the recent, like, you know, anti anti-Semitism, like it must feel like you have a lot of like responsibility. I mean, I, I don't know, but like coming from both, you know, having both of both black and Jewish be part of your identity. So how do you navigate that? And do you feel like your parents got married in a time where it wasn't okay to be, or like it wasn't considered okay to be in an interracial relationship? And like, has that changed at all? Mm. Wow. This is a lot to unpack. Um, Yes, (laughs) I feel a responsibility. And I didn't actually, I never intended to feel a responsibility for this. But just as the conversation evolved, like um, there was actually a conversation that came up in my, I am in this like love coaches Facebook group. And somebody was like, is it racist if you don't want to date people outside your race? And I was like, yeah, it's racist. I mean, isn't it the definition of racism by to be discriminating against someone, right? Because of their race. And I was a little shocked to realize that I was one of few people that held that view in my in my Hmm. group of of friends and colleagues that I work with and respect. So I was like, oh, I need to talk about this a little bit because it's always been a part of my program. And that's that's why, like, I didn't intend to 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 step up to the mic in this way. But I Mm -hmm. realized that what I was doing was different from other people. From the beginning, I always would say, what about race? When people would give me their <laughs> their 10-page list of everything yeah. that they're looking for. And I have always encouraged people, if it's not something that, if you can't, if you can't qualify why that is something that is important to you to date someone of your own race, then it shouldn't be on your list. You should be dating race open and let people be who they are. And so it ended up turning into this whole conversation that kind of blew up. And then I write for the Washington Post. I do a column for them called Date Lab, where we set people up on dates. And so my editor from Date Lab was like, I think you need to write a column talking about this topic instead of doing doing a setup. So then it's kind of snowballed into this whole thing um, (laughs) that... I think is really important right now because I feel like loving someone and having a relationship with someone that is different from you is the only way to learn about other cultures. So I say that to say also like having friends of different races, working with people of different races and different backgrounds. And even, you know, someone can identify as white, but have a completely different 
cultural background or family traditions than you do. So I just think we really grow by experiencing someone else's world. And I figure if you are single, why not keep that open unless you have a real reason why why you can't? And I I started my dating coaching career writing for for J-Date. So I know that there are a lot of people that have a that have a deeper need to meet someone that is like them or that's the same religion. So I'm not mm-hmm. at all um, diminishing that. I'm just asking people to think about it and to yeah. really like have conviction in their choices. So what you initially said, I think is a hundred percent racist. Like saying, you know, I don't want to, or I forgot how exactly how you said it, but like, you know, I won't someone date someone I don't outside want, my race. I won't yeah. date someone outside my race. Yeah. What if someone says I'm not attracted to Asians or I'm not attracted like or I've never found myself attracted to you know someone of x race or you know as a white person I'm only attracted to black people I'm not attracted to people of my own race like what where does that fit in um that's also would you say racist or that's more of like a look a I mean preference thing like I, I don't we know. are all uh, the bottom line is we are all racist like we have yeah. all been bo- we have been born into a racist world. We have we have images, we have media, we have books, we have stories, we have cultural norms that we have bought into that have been given to us that we <laughs> we never asked for, but that right. that's the code that we have always lived by. And the sooner that we accept that and just Take that in as a given and then work to be, you know, there's all these books on being like anti-racist. It's actually something that you have to work to undo because there's so many, there are so many societal pressures in the opposite direction. So we're all just born with bias. That's just, that's just a fact. And if you haven't found yourself attracted to someone, first of all, I'm just like, you really, you couldn't be attracted to anyone of of another race. Like that to me just says you haven't been exposed to enough people from that background. But like, it's not my job to argue with people about what they want, but it is my job to ask the questions that probably no one else asked them before to ask the question and just get you to the why. So I talked about in the Washington Post, how I do this five whys technique. It's a business technique. (laughs) I use a lot of like day, like it's your job references, but it's a business technique where you get to the core reason for business decisions and you start with why. Well, uh, I've never been attracted to anyone outside my race. Why? Mm, well, I've never dated. I just had never dated anyone outside my race. Why? Because I lived in an area where there weren't any people of other races around. And then when you start to really unpack that and unpeel the onion, you figure out oh, yes, I am a product of my environment and maybe I'm not actively racist and I and I and I donate to the right causes and I march and I do things for social justice. But what am I actually doing in my day to day choices that are um, coming from a place of bias that I didn't even realize was there? Right. And I do this work, too, Lindsay, like even Mm -hmm. as a person of color, I have to actively do this work 
too. And I send my kids to a Spanish immersion school. I don't speak Spanish. I just think it's important that they are culturally immersed. But there are, have definitely been times where I'm like, oh, I don't understand Mexican culture. And I need to, I need to edu- step back and educate myself in a way because maybe I stepped into something that I didn't realize was there, even though I think of myself as a racially open, you know, understanding person. They're still learning for all of us. Yeah, it's it's very true. So something that we do that's really fun um, on Instagram are poll questions about dating. So I'm going to give you some rapid fire poll questions. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Did we get too serious there? <laughs> no, not at all. Okay, I think that's okay. so necessary. That would that I asked the question. What do you mean? Okay. I just didn't want to bring down the mood, but I'm ready to have fun. No, and I always not have fun. Bring down like, the mood at all. Like I like to the have mood- fun and keep it keep it chill, but you know, we gotta yeah, talk no, about it. No, I some think it, I think it's very important to talk about that stuff. And that's what's going on in the world right now. And you know, never before have these conversations been had in not so serious things like, you know, dating podcasts and this and that. And yeah. I think to put them in there um, really will educate our listeners on something like they'll they'll walk away learning, you know, something new. That's and maybe they'll ask themselves the five whys, um, <laughs> you know, because it's because it's helpful. It really is. All right. Well, now it's time um, for fun. We, we did all the hard stuff. <laughs> we're going to have a little fun. <laughs> Um, some harder and fun. Okay. This one I feel like is is like it's more about where you're living. But if you moved in with your significant other of two years, would you want to get a one or two bedroom? Two bedroom? What? Why? Yeah. Like why would anyone <laughs> choose a one bedroom if they had the option of a two? I would I say three know. even if we... I mean, yeah. I right. But I actually am a big believer that everybody needs their own space and mm-hmm. that it's important, especially now, to create your space. Even if you're in a one bedroom, like have your little reading nook or have your ritual where, you know, you always like get your right. bath in or whatever that makes you you. And you can't have somebody. You, it, it just can't work if you're on your I was going to say on top of each other all the time, but I mean, it can work if you're on top of each other. It only works if you're on top of each other all the time. Um, Is it fair of your current partner to ask you to stop wearing um, a nice piece of jewelry you've had and worn because your ex gave it to you? Mm, That's a loaded question. Is it fair? Okay, rapid fire. No, it's not fair. It's fair to ask, but you don't have to comply. Someone responded to me, and this is the best response I think I've ever gotten. Let's hear it. Uh, Yeah, if they're getting you something nicer. Oh, yep. 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 Um, And that's a perfect time to ask for it. (laughs) Right. You're living in a city where work is good, but you're miserable and you feel like you don't fit in with the crowd there. Move to a better city and start over or suck it up and try. Move or suck it up. Mm Mm-hmm. I say move. If you're miserable, then move. Mm-hmm. But but I also like, I hear all the time from people, oh, it's so hard to date in LA. It's so hard to date in New York. It's so hard to date in Chicago. It's so hard to date in Miami. And it's hard to date everywhere. But I think um, right. a lot of that is just mindset. But if you're really miserable, mm. don't stay somewhere just because of a job. Yeah, agreed. Is it easier to break it off if someone does something bad to you? Like as opposed to them just being like a nice person that's not the like that's not the one. Oh hell yeah. 
Yeah, of course. Mm. Maybe not in like the long term because like they did something bad to you and you need to heal from that. But like it's definitely easier to pull the plug that way. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Because then also you don't you like a lot of times people are waffle on that decision. And if you just mm-hmm. know that somebody has crossed a line with you, then you don't even have to think about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. Think and release. Is, that's my strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it? Think and release. Thank and release. Like, thank you. Thank and release. Thank you. Yeah. But thank you next. Bye bye. Yep. Thank you next. Ariana Grande said it. There best. you go. Yeah. Normal to get annoyed and jealous when significant others past hookups are brought up. Wait, read it to me one more time. Normal. Like, is it is it normal to get annoyed or jealous when your partner's like exes come up? I think it's normal. It's just all about what do you do with that? Right. How do you process it? What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. But like, then you have to move on. I was sitting with my boyfriend this past week, this past weekend, and a girl from his past texted him. And I was like, so mad. But then I was like, wait, he did nothing wrong. Like she texted him and like, I need to move on from this. Like they hadn't spoken in like since before we started dating and he wasn't planning on responding, but it was still like triggering. I was like, oh. And isn't that something when you realize like your stuff, when your stuff comes and like stares you at the face and you're like, oh, I have to deal with this (laughs) because he didn't do anything. (laughs) Like this is my feelings and like weird. Right. And then you five why yourself. Well, why did that bother me? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, your recent ex is suddenly posting much more on social media, more than they used to. Have they moved on or are they trying to cover up the fact that they're hurt? Ooh, both probably. I would say both. Do I have to answer one? <laughs> no, I agree. Both. Is it controlling to ask your significant other to not hang out with a close friend of their desired gender who has expressed feelings for them in the past? No. At first, I was going to say, wait, was the question, is it okay or is it, is it controlling? Is it controlling it's not to controlling. ask not to? It's, a, mm-hmm. it's appropriate. If, the, if you know that that person is trying to move in on your man. Yeah, um, then like, fuck them. Yeah. I, at first, I was going to say if it was just just a few, a friend of another gen uh, of another gender that that should be fine if you trust your partner. But if you yeah. know she's already tried tried to. Right. I mean, I that, think mm-mm. I think one on one, they're not hanging out. Group setting, not much you can do. You know, if she's at a party that that you're, you guys are at or like a dinner, a, like a 10 person dinner, like you kind of have to suck it up. Yeah. Yeah, but if if you have a say in it and they're <laughs> they're like getting to get yeah, no, not one on one. Definitely. Yeah. Not. I had that situation also recently. I'm like <gasps> this is so funny because these poll these poll questions are sub- submissions, but I actually there's a girl who started hitting on my boyfriend like after we started dating. You know when like someone like makes when like someone getting a girlfriend or getting a boyfriend like makes them hotter to you? Mm-hmm. She started hitting on him after we started dating because we started dating. And she was like at a, an event we were at the other night. And I was like, whatever, I'm just going to like be her best friend, you know, like be really nice. What's that? What's the phrase? Keep your like, friends close and your enemies keep close. <laughs> so I was just like, I'm going to be hey. so nice. Yeah. Like, hi. Um, but there was nothing I could do, you know. 
Um, okay, Demona, this has been so awesome. We usually end our episodes with a quote or piece of advice, even though you've given us so, so many quotes. Amazing. I only so speak many quotes, quotes and so much advice, literally. Um, do you have one that you could leave us with? Well, my tagline is love as you are. And that's really the big takeaway that I hope people get from this episode that you already have everything in you to be lovable. It's just, it's all in what you do with that. The sooner you can get to stripping away all those other layers of what you think you need to be doing or what your mom tells you you should be doing by this age or whatever, if you can quiet those voices and really get in touch with the core of who you are and what you actually need in a relationship, that will be the thing that unlocks love for you. That's amazing. I love that. It's beautiful. And I couldn't agree more. I feel like I didn't have a good relationship until I realized that I had one in like the good relationship was with myself in myself. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Demona, where can everyone find you, read your column and listen to your podcast? So everything is at datesandmates.com. That's the name of my podcast, Dates and Mates, wherever you're listening to this show right now. Hop over and listen to that. And then I'm on all the socials at Demona Hoffman. And I'm pretty sure I'm the only Demona Hoffman. So even if you spell it wrong, you'll find me. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much. You were awesome. And hope everyone enjoyed the episode. Write us a review and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Lindsay. Bye. 